0: You're listening to an airwave media podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, here she is now, that sultry siren of the Southland, Betty
1: Page. Betty Page is revolutionary. The symbol of joyous sexual freedom. There was nothing like Betty. Still to this day inspires artists, music, the fashion world. She really
0: paved the way for all the rest. She wasn't just a pretty face. There was a fascinating story about this woman. Nobody can deny it Betty was so perfect, it would be, be hard no to take a, a bad picture This combination of naughty and nice I never had any problem thinking of what to do with my body <laughs> She was willing to do outrageous things For some reason, men like to see girls spanking the other one
1: Repercussions from the New York hearings have been nationwide
0: In the culture, was an enormous amount of fear
1: Know when and how you're
0: going to say no anything that got people sexually excited was a bad thing somebody went to the police here they are with drawn guns
1: what were we gonna do and the judge said you want to keep your freedom have to destroy all the negatives i said i won't do it
0: Betty says i'm not indecent i will not plead guilty she reached the peak of popularity and disappeared Nobody knew what happened to Betty Page. Oh,
1: Betty! The world was not quite
0: right. I heard a lot of crazy rumors. She was hearing voices. She was slinging hash. She pleaded insanity. The mob had rubbed her out.
1: It had built up so much that my mind snapped. Betty, in-
0: the whole Betty Page phenomenon
1: developed while she was simply off the scene. Free
0: cheers to Betty Page! Betty. It's sort of confusing whether she was a real person or not. They claim that I opened up the sexual revolution. I was just doing my job and enjoyed every bit of it.
1: How did you get involved with a documentary about Betty Page?
0: I had been a documentary filmmaker for a number of years and I was. uh, having lunch with my entertainment attorney in Los Angeles, where I was living at the time. And he showed me a pre-publication copy of Betty Page, Life of a Pinup Legend. Turns out he was representing Betty's agent. And of course, I, I recognized Betty's face, but I didn't know, I'd never known what her name was. And hadn't really even been a particular fan, but I realized the image was just ubiquitous in the culture and... So then I just said to him immediately, I've got to make a documentary on this, so or on Betty. And so I was able to get introduced to Betty. I think I was just in the right place at the right time, some earlier point or later point that it might not have been in a position to meet Betty. So it just, that's how I got going.
1: What year was this?
0: 1996.
1: When did you meet her? Was it pretty soon after that?
0: Yeah, it was very shortly after that, yeah.
1: So when it came to interviewing her, how was she as an interview subject?
0: Well, she was great as an interview subject. I mean, you can tell from the narration in the film that she's lively. She likes to tell these stories about things that happened to her. She doesn't censor herself. She's just an open book. You know, she just says whatever comes to her mind. She's responsive. So, and you know, she and I had lunches together, and she would regale me with these stories of fetish and bondage, photo shoots and all of this and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun to hear her tell these things and I finally decided I need to to at least get all the audio recording of all of these things down.
1: Why the reticence to go on film or on tape?
0: Well, I had always thought I could convince Betty to go on camera just like a normal documentary interview and I, she was reluctant and, and I told her I was going to hire a Hollywood makeup person. I mean, Betty looked great. And she was had this vivacious personality. I, but I could never convince her to go on camera. I, she just wasn't going to do it. There's just no way in hell anybody could ever convince her to do it. I, originally, these audio recordings were just part of my research, just getting her story down because she was old and you never know what's going to happen. So I just felt like I had to get it all down.
1: How many months did you interview her for?
0: I mean, I you know was friends with her over a period of years, but I just sat down at one point and for about three hours and just recorded everything I could think of to ask her. And then I did the same thing again about three years later. So that's really what the narration of the film is drawn from.
1: And then how did you go about kind of crafting the visuals to go with this audio narrative?
0: That's where a documentary is made in the... Editing, I mean, I, had, I realized I had to tell her whole story, you know, her childhood, her, you know, covering 85 years in 90 minutes isn't easy. You know, I just had to figure out a structure of how to reveal what happened to her after she disappeared and, you know, how to do something with the 50s. I knew I had to, like, portray what the 50s was all about. And that was the the other part of the thing that I thought was important about the film and gives Betty some context. So, you know, it's just doing a lot of research and, you know, you interview, I interview the people who had direct experience with Betty, like Paula Claw, Art Amesie. And then um, you just uh, fool around and try to come up with a a structure and you you have to work with it and massage it for a long time. And that's what I did.
1: When it came to finding footage of her or pictures of her, they're everywhere. But how was it as far as coming up with the rights and actually making sure that this was kind of a, you know, above board documentary?
0: One of the first things I did is when I interviewed Paula Claw, I got the rights to use all the Claw photos from her. So I paid her for that. And so that's the biggest single collection of Betty photographs. Then I even sent somebody to the copyright office. I I developed a list of every Betty photographer I could ever think of. And then I sent somebody to the copyright office to look up the copyright status. And I found out that almost nothing of Betty was copyrighted. And, and the copyright law changed in 78. So anyway, I had to go through all this. but And a lot of stuff, you don't know who took the photograph. You couldn't track it down. Or the guy was dead, and, you know, where? You, how do you find out who comes after him? Anyway, so I was able to get a lot of photographs. I ended up getting 20,000 images of Betty. So some I had permission for. And some where I couldn't track down anybody, I just used under fair use.
1: And how about the moving images of her?
0: Well, I there lic- there's the 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 color footage of her where she is in the bikini and then she takes it off and she's nude. I licensed that from Getty Images, and I don't think anybody else had ever asked for that. I don't know how they got it, but they had just probably they used to go around acquiring film collections. So I just licensed it. I don't think anybody else had ever looked at that stuff since the 50s. So I'd that from them. They took about, the from Movie Star News, Ira Kramer, Paula's son, I got him to agree to let me restore about 10 of her old films, what she called her wiggle movies, those black and white movies where they're wrestling or she's stripping or whatever she's doing. Actually, she's more often getting dressed than undressed, which is kind of interesting. Then things like Variety's and Teaserama, those turned out to be public domain, although I, you know, I licensed all the Claw stuff. So, you know, it was just through research and and making deals with people.
1: What was Paula Claw like?
0: Paula Claw was a jovial old woman, as you can see in the film. And she was feisty and she was a fighter. She didn't want to put up with all the nonsense, the trouble they were being given. And, you know, she was just a businesswoman. She was trying to make money. And she realized she struck gold with Betty. Of course, they had a very affectionate relationship and which comes through at the very tail end of the movie during the credits there's a phone call that we set up between them where they hadn't talked in i don't know 35 40 years and we recorded that and that comes through there so paula Claw was very cooperative you know she was uh, great
1: how did everything kind of coalesce did you go through the audio find what stories you wanted to keep kind of write around that and then find the images to go with that or did you kind of find some of the images and find stories to go with the images that you're finding.
0: Both are true. Although a lot of this is Betty is telling really just a series of stories. So you can construct, uh, you take a little story that Betty tells like working for Robert Harrison and you know, they had to do these crazy things and, but she got her breasts bound and she didn't like that. And then she posed for that magazine. Um, um or she won that that costume contest. So if you can find the images that really match the story and bring out the story, like we couldn't have used that story if we couldn't have found the images she was talking about. So if she's got a good story, you try to find the images to illustrate that match that. In some cases, we ended up using some of Dave Stevens' or other people's comic book panels to illustrate things. And in some cases, we even took the comic book panel and changed it around because we had to portray certain things that she was saying visually and we didn't have, we couldn't cut away to her in the interview. You know, in other cases, you know, where there's great pictures, you just say, we got to find some place to use this picture. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it goes.
1: How long did this whole process take? It sounds so arduous.
0: Well, it is pretty arduous. It's a labor of love. Uh, You know, I did did some shooting in 96 and 97 and then put the project aside. I had actually was developing a feature film with uh, Martin Scorsese attached to direct and Liv Tyler was going to play Betty Page. This was around 2000, but that didn't work out as, as many Hollywood projects don't. So I came back to it a few years later and I probably spent two years full time where I wasn't doing anything else. And then I spent a couple of more years where I was working for six months and then working on the film for a few months and then working on another job for a few months, that kind of thing.
1: What do you think of the notorious Betty Page?
0: Well, you know, I hate to criticize another filmmaker's film. It didn't capture really what Betty's about, which is not easy to do. I mean, it wasn't even necessarily easy to do in the documentary. But I think it kind of missed who Betty is. And it's just think it was a very well-made film, actually.
1: What did Betty think of the film?
0: In my film, there's a story of where Betty goes to a viewing of the film at the Playboy Mansion. and, And the film is running for a few minutes. From the back of the room, you hear, Lies, lies, lies. Why don't you tell the truth? And Betty got... Very upset. I mean, she, she didn't even like the word notorious in the title. She didn't like being referred to as notorious.
1: How did you fund the film? Did you do crowdsourcing or anything?
0: Uh, I, yes, I did crowdsourcing, I'm, among other things. I mean, we, we sold um, what I called memberships, basically a kind of a thank you credit in the film. You could get your name in Betty's film. Uh, and we had various levels. And we ended up, Actually, getting people from about 30 different countries participating in that, I mean, that was was very popular. And, of course, we were selling T-shirts and posters, but then I also had investors in the film, even got some grants. The Playboy Foundation gave me a small grant, so I was scrounging up money wherever I could find it. The only thing I didn't do was rob a bank.
1: Did you come close to it? Well,
0: I felt like I would have if I would maybe had the opportunity. I was so desperate at certain points, but uh, no.
1: Why do you think that Betty's image and her kind of legacy are still with us today?
0: It's all about Betty's personality, which is what you really get in the film. I mean, that's the secret behind the photographs. It's her genuineness, her or the genuineness of who she is, that just jumps out at you out of those photographs. You know, there's nothing else like her. She's this force of nature where she's enjoying what she's doing. She's having fun doing it, and she's so genuine that people just connect with it. I mean, there's a lot in our society that's not very genuine. And, you know, especially these young women who are her fans, today, Betty gives them something that allows them to find their own sexual confidence and their own sense of beauty, as opposed to, say, this unattainable supermodel idea of beauty, which the culture lays on everybody.
1: How's the reception been for the film?
0: Oh, well, the reception's been great. I mean, you know, the fans, Betty fans really like it. Had some roller derby girls at a screening the other night who were just really enthusiastic about it. It had sold out screening at the opening night uh, which is great and of course you know when people come up and talk to me afterwards about how affected they are by the movie and how much they like it that's you know always encouraging so I'm uh, very pleased with the attendance we've had and since the film opening and you know we've got all over the country these burlesque groups organizing events related to the movie and bringing people out so it's uh, really a grassroots effort.
1: What's kind of the uh, rollout plan for the film?
0: This weekend, it opened in New York, and next weekend, it's opening in, in L.A. at the New Art Theater, and I'm going out to L.A. for that, and then it goes wider from there. It goes, uh, and, and opens in a lot of cities, the, in December 6th, Chicago, and I can't name all the cities, but eventually, it's booked in theaters through the month of February, and right now, it's uh, in theaters in about 50 cities, and uh, hopefully, we'll expand out from there.
1: So where can folks go to find out if it's playing near them?
0: Probably the best place to go is bettypagerevealsall.com. They can see the trailer right there, and right there is a a list of all the places it's playing, and they can just click right through to the local theater.
1: (laughs)